back. To yeah, welcome back to Pass the Mic. Pass the Mic. Hi, Aisha. How's it going? I'm doing good. How are you? Hope you guys enjoyed our last episode. You better have listened to last episode. So, uh, this episode is exciting. Yeah, we're going to be talking about um, immigrations. We'll be looking at family, familial dynamics um, when it comes to immigrations, how it's affected um, students' lives. We have a guest on today um, for our conversation, interview, discussion, sort of a little bit of everything. Um, our CPs, concert producers, will be taking over, Lauren and Sadia. Um, but also, we have a, another big thing going on. Yeah, we episode. have our first spotlight. Woo! Woo! Um, we'll let our CPs take it away and introduce them. Okie dokie. So, like they said, we have our first spotlight of the year. Super exciting. BSU is being wired in, so please, if you guys could introduce yourselves. Testing, Ooh. testing. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> if you could say your name and your position and tell us a little bit about yourself. What's up, y'all? I'm Kayla, pronounce she, her, hers. I'm speaker for Black Student Union. Hey, y'all, my name is Taylor, pronouns she, her, hers, and I'm the vice speaker for Black Student Union. So I just want to ask, what are you guys working on? What do you want to spotlight? Oh, great question. So um, really quick, the purpose of the Black Student Union is to provide a space that is conducive to the political, cultural, social, spiritual, economic, and educational growth of African descendants on campus as well as our allies. Um, and that just, just really, really pivotal to BSU on campus, our historical activism, um, political agendas, um, and just overall space that we provide on campus for our community and um, those that support us. Yeah, so we, we have a lot going on right now, but namely, um, we've just recently dropped our More Than Four, um, the Four Point Platform, which is our political agenda for the year, the things we're focusing on. Um, it includes four points, and the first is increasing black enrollment because enrollment is about the same as it was in 1970, um, hovering around like 4.2%. Um, our historical demand was 10% to match that of the state population at the time. Right now, Michigan state population for black folks is around 14%. We're nowhere close to that. Um, the second point of the platform is to explicitly um, address anti-blackness on this campus and all the ways in which it manifests. Um, the third point is to structure to address the structural flaws of DEI on this campus. DEI is inherently flawed for like a lot of reasons, but one of the main things we name is its inherent top-down nature. Um, it's not directly engaging with those most impacted to affect the policies, practices, just all of it. So we're just saying like students need a seat at the table and they need actual decision-making power. Um, so that's what that point is. And then the last point of the platform is um, really calling on the university to engage in their social responsibility um, to improve the public good as a public university that's like within their purview, that's their responsibility, that's their duty. And what we're calling on directly is for them to improve um, the Michigan K through 12 education system. Um, we know it's riddled with um, a lot of issues, systemic racism, disparities, um, and namely for black students. And we know those things directly impact um, our ability to recruit um, and increase our enrollment on campus. So all of these points are interconnected. It's all cyclical. Um, so that's the things we're focusing on 
right now. Of course, we have our other stuff, our social stuff. Fellowship, we're always engaging in that um, intercommunally, but that's our most outward facing stuff right now. Thank you so much. And because Mike is something that is by and for students of color, and you've addressed in your platform that all of our oppression is interconnected, we definitely are glad to like give you guys this platform to talk a little bit more about what you guys are doing, as it will, in the end, um, lead to everyone's liberation. So thank you. And we really want to encourage everyone, if you want to support the platform, please go to at UMichBSU on Instagram and at TheBSU on Twitter. Um, like, share, comment, actually read our platform, which is in our bio. Um, and we have an outlined list of what you can do to support us further if you're interested. So please share, share, share. Thank you all. The BSU is officially wired in. Whoa! <laughs> so now we're getting into the episode. Like Isha and Aman said, we're going to be talking about um, the diaspora and how that affects familial dynamics and how we look at out views on the world and ourselves. Um, so just to start off, we can introduce ourselves and talk about our own backgrounds, just so you know who's being represented in the room. Um, I can start off. My name is Lauren Kwasi. Um, my dad comes from Ivory Coast or La Côte d'Ivoire, which is in West Africa. So um, yeah, I'm a first gen um, on my dad's side. Yeah. I'm Oman. Um, I'm a first gen Bangladeshi American um, student and person. Um, my parents immigrated here in the late 90s from Bangladesh, um, but I was born here in America. My name is Isha and I was also born in America. My parents immigrated to the U.S. probably like 30 years ago from India. So I'm also a first gen. So hello guys, I am a second year here at University of Michigan, Ann Arbor. I am an undocumented student. My parents, well, not just my parents, but all of us, we're all from Arandas, Jalisco, if you know where that's at. And hi, my name is Sadia, if you guys forgot. <laughs> I'm the other CP. I'm also a first gen, like um, Aman, Isha, and um, Lauren. My parents immigrated from Bangladesh, late 90s, um, oldest child, yeah. Okie dokie, so we can start off um, the discussion, um, just something more general. What are some, I guess, staple practices or dynamics or beliefs within your immigrant home that sets you apart from non-immigrants that you've interacted with? I feel like I grew up so different because me and my other sibling, like we were born in Mexico and then my rest of my siblings were born here. So like it causes a divide between us so it's like our parents see our siblings who are born here like we want you to do better get your education do this and that like it's so enforced on them but since like I'm like the second oldest and my brother is like the oldest of all like we aren't seen like that like education wasn't pushed to us for us it was more like okay you're gonna work a nine-to-five job like you can't do college because you're not allowed to and it's mainly comes from like my parents not understanding so it's like hearing that it's just like it's just like so amazing to to me like how did I end up here like how did I push myself to be where I'm at so it's like seeing that it's like you didn't realize it until you were in college so like growing up like I didn't see that I didn't know what college was, education like I kind of just push it aside once you start realizing you're growing up and you see that your parents are pushing college to your younger siblings you're like where was that for me you know so it's just like 
wow, like, and then, then that's where you start advocating for yourself. Was it a matter of perceived accessibility to these children of immigrants about how to get an education, right? I think of a, um, I think of the comedy special on Netflix by Hassan Minhaj, Homecoming King. Is a, very <laughs> is a very potent thing that he said about him and his relationship with his father was that his father had to fight to survive when immigrating here and living as an immigrant here. But him being born here, he has the audacity of freedom. But that spoke to me because it was like, is that how our parents saw it? Is that, was that the perception? For me, I feel like education is such a superficial topic almost. Like my parents say, yes, you need to go get an education or you need to go to college. I didn't know what college was. Like I just had a vague idea and I think that was the same for my parents. As in navigating what that's like or like navigating college Navigating the FAFSA? Yeah. Oh, oh my god. Like, oh, like yeah. it's brutal. Like, Especially when so you don't have the resources to know what no, the heck yeah. it is. Yeah. Right? All these forms that you had to fill out. It's very scary. Oh like at one god. point, like at some point, my parents just kind of stopped enforcing that on me. Like once they didn't know how to do, like help me on my math homework or like oh. something like that, like which was like first grade, it was on my own. Like to what you were saying, like it had me thinking. Like I never. I'm like now that I'm thinking about it. Like I feel like my parents kind of gave up on me, on pushing education. Is when it first came to my brother. He did try to do like trade school, and then when my when he realized like oh wait like I don't have these things like how am I supposed to pursue this or like we don't have the money for it. My like my brother gave up, and then like I feel like it was really different during that time. He graduated first before I did. So, like, when he tried to pursue, like, a more trade school-related thing, like, he couldn't do it. And then my mom was like, why can't you? He was like, because of this. Like, there aren't resources for us. There aren't help for us. But I feel like it was different for me. I think, like, something that I hear all the time from my dad is, like, how do people fail grades? Or, like, how are people, like, struggling in school? Because, like, compared to, like, what he describes like back home, it just sounds like sounds super intense. Like it kind of sounds scary to be honest. He was like talking about how like everyone like takes all these like courses and like standardized tests and stuff like that. And as like a village, like all the people in like the class, their like scores are basically set out loud to everyone. So everyone knows you failed. And if you fail, you fail. Like it's, it's like more intense. So just like looking at that, like, there's a sense of like, oh, why can't you do it? Like you should be able to, like you're in America. Like I think there's like this stigma that like is kind of forced onto people um, coming into this country that like it's gonna be so much easier here, but I don't think that's necessarily true. And I think it's also like a sense of, it's like relative to like where you're coming from. If I've like grown up here my entire life and like I only have the resources that I'm given, then it's gonna be harder I would say there are definite struggles within being a first-gen immigrant. There's a lot of trauma we have to deal with from our parents, but at the same time, like I understand the trauma of immigrating to a whole new country with a different language, different practices, different beliefs. I feel like you hear the term a lot or like the phrase a lot, like you came here <clears throat> for a better life. Um, and like what 
impact that has on you in your everyday and like how you navigate the world um, in both educational spaces and non-educational spaces. I feel like for me, at least, I've seen that it's like put a lot of like pressure on me and like feeling like guilt that I have to do the most, that I have to like be the most successful and that I have to like make something bigger out of myself so that like my parent like moving here and like doing everything that he did like wasn't in vain. Like hearing like hearing that phrase, I'd never grew up to that. I've never heard that. I didn't hear that until like I don't know, my high school I heard that phrase and I would La, um, come here for a better life. Like, I've never heard that phrase in my life. Like, never. Like, I would read it, like, in websites and stuff like that, and I'll be like, why was I, like, not told about this? But now when I think about it, I'm like, I'm glad I didn't hear this because it would have put a lot of pressure on me, but then also it would have affected the way I see life. The way I see life is the way I did it on my own, like how I constructed it. I think it's a really negative connotation in my perspective because like it all not because if you're undocumented like it causes like that barrier between like um like that motivation so i don't even know where i'm getting to a point That's okay. but um That's okay. we appreciate your sharing experience um i don't know i had a question when you were talking about that so i like, I've heard my parents say the phrase, like, oh, we came here for a better life. But, like, they don't say it actively. So I was just kind of wondering, like, do you feel any pressure? Yeah, I feel like it can be covert, too. I think that, like, every once in a while I hear this, especially, like, externally. Like, I feel like I heard this more in school, like, in papers and stuff like that, like you said, more than, like, my dad straight up saying it to it. I mean, saying it to us. Um, but I think that like, it's just in the, the tone of like how he like talks to us or like the way that he's like interacting with us, like gives the energy of like, I came here for a reason, I want you to do better. Like, do you feel that, I guess, covertly in like your interactions? Um, I would say, I, I mean, right now I do feel pressure, but not pressure from my parents, pressure on myself. Because like, I guess if you know what I went through to be where I'm at, like, you'll know that I did this for myself. Like, my parents had no idea I was coming to UMich until August. Oh, wow. Like, I didn't tell them. Like, I applied to so many colleges. And, you know, being in my status, like, um, they, I was accepted. But, like, they were like, well, we want you. You're a great student. Your essay's great. Great grades and all of that. But, like, but we're not paying for it because of your status, you know? And I'll be like, then what? Like, if you don't want me, then I'm not going to be there. Just applying to colleges without my parents knowing was like a big step for me, especially knowing my background and then the things that my brother went through and like what my mom views the world. So like doing it on my own is maybe the reason why I never heard of came here for a better life. Until like this day, my parents still see it like, mm, we're, we're kind of scared that you're gonna get a degree and you won't be able to work. But I'm like, there's always alternatives, you know? So I don't have that pressure from my parents but I do put pressure on myself. I'm like, I cried and I went through all this to put myself in this position and I'm gonna keep going. You know, I know one day things will change and I just have to see like the alternatives, you know? So that's on my side. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. That's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's extremely respectable too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think what's really poignant about that is that you had to find that within yourself, if I'm getting that correctly. 
was there at any point where you had like this epiphany or this realization or slow realization that you're like I kind of have to do this on my own it would be it made me realize that I'm on my own when I would tell my parents about what I'm going through like when I got accepted to University of Michigan, it was like on a Friday day, like on a Friday. And I saw the acceptance and I called my mom. I'm like, oh my God, I got accepted. She's like, okay, cool, hang up. And I'm like, I was like, did she not know this is like, like a number one university? Like things like that, like I understand, like they don't know. But it's just like, I kind of wish there was like, oh my God, like congratulations and all that stuff. But it wasn't like that, it was just like, okay. It was just another thing that happened. Yeah, just like another thing that happened. Yeah. So you and your brother were born in Mexico and then your younger siblings were born here. Do you think that the fact that you kind of had like a childhood or like you grew up in Mexico and that your younger siblings were born in America, do you think that had a difference in your mom pushing them over you and your brother? Yeah, I think that plays a huge part of it. Yeah, resources, knowing. Cause like now that me and my brother, like we're older, Mm -hmm. like we know things and we can help them and stuff like that since they know that we know these things they're like they kind of push they rely on us to give them the information so it's just like they could do it but you guys can't so give them the information on how to do it you know so i think lack of resources during those times is a big issue too i feel like it still is now because it's like cut to navigate for those resources that you need i would say Again, like having this conversation made me realize like, oh, there's a really wide diverse experience on like immigration as to like the push on education. But I think like talking through it, like there has been instances where each of us has felt overwhelmed or scared or very alone in navigating some aspect of life or success or how to be successful or how to make it. I feel like I agree. I think that this episode it started off as like, a, yeah, we're like first gens and like immigrants. And like, what does it look like for us to be so different from people that like don't have those identities? Kind of with the assumption that there are um, a lot of overlaps between our like perspectives. Um, but then like talking through, I do think I saw like a lot of like differences and experiences that were like important to know and just like get those like perspectives on and like understand that like people aren't coming with the same backgrounds depending on like where you're from. Again, like what was said about like the amount of people that are in your family, what resources you have, like plays a huge role. But I do think, yeah, that thread of just like general loneliness and like even beyond that just like the idea that like you're taking something with you from your diaspora you're taking something with you from like how the people within your diaspora are like perceived or like how people within your diaspora perceive everything around you when you're like in America like it's just definitely interesting that looks different for everyone but I think that it like it's true that like you can't separate that from your identity and like how you navigate the world want to extend an extra thanks Mm -hmm. to our guest for coming on we appreciate you taking the time and energy thank you for having me and just like that we drop the mic